0: I'm Sono, and this is Machine Sentai Kira Major, episode 19, Partners, and episode 20, Dangerous Pair. Our writer for 19 is Kaneko kauri for better or for worse. <laughs> it ever. For better or for worse, it's Kaneko Kauri And episode 20 is written by Shida Ayumi. Our director for both is Kato Hiroyuki.
1: And, uh, well, this, like, I appreciate more than anything that these episodes pair very well together, because they're weirdly similar in a lot of ways but not really ways I'd want them to be <laughs> cuz i mean we're like we're about to launch into the bad stuff but mm, boy there was just some stuff in these episodes that was well it's it's all in the title it was uncomfortable chum they do
0: both share one problem and it's basically the same problem
1: uh so yeah let's let's get into the bad things just get it out of the way cuz there's also good stuff just also. Mm.
0: Okay, so I'm always down for a good body swap episode. And overall this was a good body swap episode.
1: One of the best, honestly. Yeah, this is
0: really one of the one of the better ones. I I can't think of a lot of them off the top of my head other than the Gokaiger one, which this and, and one I would that... I would say is better than because the Gokaiger one made me angry.
1: But even then, even though it made you angry cuz you know, it's luca Well,
0: the the problem is, I spent it was that really episode. Good. It was good. See, the fact of that, how good it was was the problem, because it made me think that after that, Luca had like learned, and her issue was going to be solved. And then she tries to punch. I think guy. It's either guy or Don in the very next episode. And I'm like, well, that's it. All of my goodwill is gone.
1: <laughs> you literally walked a mile in someone else's shoes, and you're still like that.
0: So you know. I can't really remember- th- I remember that one and the Tokuger one off the top of my head. I can't remember any others. But I honestly- I- I'm like, a big this
1: Tokuger is... person, but even i just like- that one is just sort of there for me.
0: I mean, like, this is- this is honestly the best of the ones that I can think of. If I were to actually sit down and, like, make a list of them and really dig through the sentai to find all of them, I'd say this one's probably in the top five, at least.
1: Oh, easily. It does the thing you want a good body swap to do, and it does the does it in ways I certainly wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah. Oh, Maji Ranger. Maji Ranger is another one that had one. Um, that one was actually very cute. That one's probably also in the top five. But the the reason this is in problems is because of Mach. The way Mach was about Senna's body and being in it was uncomfortable. He was just very constantly and consistently sexual about her body.
1: Yeah, it was uh I, I think uncomfortable is the word. Uh, there there are other words that come to mind, but uh, again, we we try not to swear that much on this podcast, but it was it was messed up.
0: It's just it's it's a thing that's come up in other body swap episodes. The Maji Ranger one was the one I thought of when I was writing this one. But it's usually kind of more of a one-off joke that's not so much about a dude treating the body he's in sexually and more, I've got different parts and it's weird. You
1: know, the one that I think you would probably, honestly, in a body swap situation, would probably be more prescient. it's like, okay, this is a very different kind of, like, just some stuff is different now. Also, ooh. What if I, like, there's just a lot of, okay, hey, hey, what's up? Uh, You can see me. I'm not being uncool with your body. You know, just... yeah. I just wish the, un- the uncomfortableness wasn't such a running theme for these episodes.
0: Yeah. um, And I mean, normally I find Maka and Senna's dynamic to be really cute.
1: I mean, it is. Because, you know, it's, it's she, he's just like, lady, you're so awesome, I want to act like your hype man, like I'm like, I'm a samurai retainer.
0: That's a cool thing. Yeah, he's normally very, like, reverent of her, and kind of ha- the way that she's just like, cool, high five. Like, there- there's something very fun in that dynamic for me, but man, was not very into the way Mach was in this episode. Uh, for all this is one of Kanako Kaori's better or maybe even best episodes. It also did remind me that they are the one who wrote that gender swap episode of Lupot. That was the worst.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... (sighs) Like, again, we're... I'm gonna mention it again later, but I feel like some... I think Kaneko Cowrie annoyed the Witch of the Stagnant Sea or something, and she put a curse on them, where you get to write some of the coolest stuff in all of Sentai but you also have to write just the biggest nonsense and I mean, I don't know if I was gonna get a curse I think that'd be a curse I'd take but also what a curse (laughs) because it just it feels like again, Kanako Kaori is either nearly transcendent or just like weirdly gross. And I don't know why there's no middle point.
0: On a similar note, I'm not here to kink shame this glue monster, but also I think we got to kink shame the glue monster.
1: Uh, unlike you, Sono, I am absolutely here to kink shame that glue monster <laughs> cuz like look. I'm not going to break down all the reasons all that stuff was really uncomfortable because again we're not that explicit a podcast but I just I just really want to hit Sheeta Ayumi with a rolled up newspaper because no bad bad no biscuit
0: um, yeah what I believe that you know uh, both of these episodes come down to or both of both of the problems with these episodes come down to is that consent is not just important it is required for any form of relationship. Um, And there was a significant lack of it going on.
1: Yeah. And, like, I know we can be like, well, he's the bad guy. That's what it's about. Like, that's fine, but uh, it went to some uncomfortable places. Yeah, I mean, at,
0: at, at bare minimum, he was at least not gluing people together for the most part. He was just, you know, he was gluing a person to a trash can and calling it romance, which was weird. Why
1: i just i feel like like crunchula told him that sometimes people fall in love with objects because like look there are people like they they go and and they be objectifiles and that's fine uh there there is a story of a lady who who married the eiffel tower but like i don't know man (laughs) it's it's i'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum except for that glue monsters because it's just
0: yeah well i mean like he's not the one marrying the eiffel tower
1: yeah, exactly. He's he's just gluing things to people, and... I mean, like, it, maybe it's a weird Cupid thing? Where he's like, yeah, I'm bringing people together with the things they love, but... I don't See, know, just, he's not, he's just throwing random stuff at people. Yeah, he was
0: just gluing trash to people.
1: Yeah, which, honestly... That alone would have been a fine thing, but adding the level of romance in there... Yeah, just see, like, that's
0: what was, no. that was the problem with it. That's the part that was weird.
1: I think this is one of those things where... There was this bit in an episode of Venture Brothers where they talk about, okay, why should you have your supervillain work through the, lead, the Guild of Calamitous Intent? And one of the things that it's like, why should you sign on with the Guild of Calamitous Intent well because non-registered supervillains might be inappropriate <laughs> and like yeah this dude this dude is why you sign on with uh, an accredited supervillainy organization cuz that's really inappropriate man like you made it weird <laughs> you you could just throw trash at people and have it be stuck to people and just be like haha you're a trash turtle now that'd be fine
0: yeah that would be funny as heck
1: or, or he's like, yes, I'm the mad scientist. Like, the glue monster is a mad scientist. And he's just like, I'm going to stick these things together! Mwahaha! It's like, someone then just like, excuse me, yes? That's not actually science, you're just sticking things together. And then he just like, like, glues, I don't know, like, one of those little, what were the red dolls? The little red wish things uh, the from Darumas? the other episode? Yeah, he just, like, glues a deruma to the guy's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, That'd be funny. That'd be that fun would, that
0: would funny. That would be hysterical.
1: Yeah, because, like, there's a lot of great physical comedy you can get to in there. But boy, the romance is just like,
0: mm, why? It's, it's just weird. You it's are... a weird choice.
1: And it just, it, it created a lot of weird implications. And I don't care for it.
0: Also, gluing Sayo into a fridge made me nervous. Um, potential fridging jokes aside because that actually didn't have anything to do with it.
1: But also, like, it's it's hard not to see that there because she is literally a woman in a refrigerator.
0: I honestly didn't think about it until I was writing these notes because I was so nervous about the fact that she was in a refrigerator and those are kind of dangerous. Like, I just don't want kids to imitate playing out this episode and for one of them to suffocate in a refrigerator. I really don't want that.
1: No, yeah, because I mean, like, look. While they do make fridges a lot easier to get out of nowadays, because uh, between like usually like kind of an air pressure vacuum seal thing and magnets, they've stopped using the latches, which were one of the big reasons that kids would get caught in them. Um, like they're easier to get out of, but easier is still a relative statement. <laughs> and and like I mean, just if, hey, if you're
0: playing about being stuck in the fridge. Like uh, yeah, you're you're gonna maybe try and be in there until someone comes and gets you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. It it made me nervous.
1: That's fair. That's fair. But it's just the impo- the big thing is. Look, I don't know why a small child would be listening to this, but hey, don't play in refrigerators, kids. Yeah,
0: just don't. It's it's, it's just it's not safe. It's just way too imitatable of a behavior. Mm. And it freaked me out.
1: No, that look. That's legit, because again, people have literally died that way. Yeah,
0: like yeah, sure, gluing stuff together is a little bit of an imitatable behavior, but there's no real harm in it. No person is likely going to be permanently hurt, even if you were to glue something to another person. You that's not that's not going to potentially kill them. Nine times out of ten, unless yeah, it's like, some it's like, like freak circumstance.
1: Yeah, it is a major outlier that that would kill you.
0: Like the the fridge thing it just made me super nervous. That's fair. Please warn children that you know.
1: Like there I, I did just a quick looking up on on the wiki and you know the the rates of that sort of thing have have dropped precipitously since since the 60s honestly and and there was a wave of of very special episodes and awareness campaigns during the 80s as well. So, like, maybe they just thought they didn't have to anymore, but I just... It, it... Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, so is what it, I'm saying. It just made
0: me really nervous. Yeah.
1: And, like, I I wouldn't want that on my conscience, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, one of those things where, like, if it happened, it's a freak, You know, it's a free, it might be a freak coincidence, but, like, if I was anyone involved in this show, I'd be like did that kid watch the show i you you might not even know you know you'd never know but you'd always be like is that is that because of me which um yeah no one needs that kind of trauma and also you know for a child to die in a refrigerator cuz that would be that's something no one needs
0: no that's that's horrific even,
1: even fewer than no people need that anyway let's get off that topic cuz it's uh grim and kind of depressing
0: yeah Let's not talk about that anymore.
1: (laughs) And yeah, hey, it's me, the guy who goes all grimdark saying that. That's how bad it is. (laughs) And instead, let's just do the tonal whiplash thing and get into the stuff we enjoyed this week.
0: Okay, so I I really like Drew going out to help teach art to preschool kids. Um, Drew definitely has that fun teacher you only get to see once a week energy.
1: Oh, yeah, he really does. But... Like, it also shows us a lot about his approach to basically everything, and I thought that was just a really clever way to build the episode. Though also, it it did make me wonder how old the kid's supposed to be, because he's doing student teaching, and even if it's just for the day, and it seems to be in kind of an unofficial capacity, but, like, still, that is what he is doing. But next episode, he's back in school, and I'm just like, I don't know. It's a different school culture, or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought that he was maybe 18 and had graduated high school between episode zero and now. Just you know, given the time that it came out, Uh, but I'm I'm not sure that this was like I I guess maybe he's 17 and he's in his last year of school now, maybe. Because it didn't seem like this was any kind of official thing. Um, He said the preschool teacher was a friend of his who just asked him to help out, so I think it might just be a thing that he volunteered to do. But I do hope that it influenced his career choices because it is a setting that I think he'd be really good in.
1: Oh yeah. Like he's got I mean, like you said, he's got good energy and after the lessons he learned in this episode, I think he'd be pretty good at Helping the kids figure their stuff out. Yeah. And teaching them things, which, you know, that's the sort of thing you want a teacher to do.
0: Um, And a a thing that I thought was really interesting is that everyone gives him uh, really conflicting advice on how to approach the problem he's having of not being able to connect with this one kid. Uh, But it's kind of a scenario where he takes it as, do this or this or this. And it should be and... Because being someone to look up to and being nurturing and being able to kind of ride the energy of the room to get others on board are kind of all things that build into being supportive, which is what the team ultimately learns that they need to be, and are things that you need to be in order to connect with kids.
1: Yeah, it's true. Because, like, boy howdy, it feels bad when you don't entirely know how to do that whole connect with the kids thing and you're trying to do some student teaching, let me tell you, that is uh, that is some flop sweat there. Mm-hmm. Just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway.
0: And it's, it's kind of interesting that Jiru looked at those as individual ideas and kind of really didn't know how to take it in because he didn't know how to, like, you can't just be like, oh, be a role model. He's like, how do I do that? Yeah. Because someone else decides that you're a role model. That's not a thing you can decide.
1: No, yeah. That's that's very much an external thing.
0: Um, so it's all these things that Jiru doesn't know how to be, and to a degree, that's probably because Juru kind of has no experience with children, much less with teaching.
1: Yeah, which, you know, all the fury in the world won't prepare you, and it's clear that this kid has not had a lot of theory, even. Like, he knows how to do the art, but he's not great at helping to pass that knowledge along or understand why someone might want to do the art, which, yeah, I mean, that's the crux of the episode, so that's fine.
0: It's just, I like, I assume that Shiguru has had to work with child actors before Sayo's <laughs> probably had some very young patients, um, and, you know, Tametomo and Senna have likely had young fans that they've interacted with, so everyone, even though the gems are the ones, the Kirame Stones bring this advice up, and say that these are traits that their partners have. I assume it's from experience of watching their partners' day-to-day lives, and that's why all of them are like, yeah, that works for me when I interact with children. Because they- but they're not in these teaching positions, so they don't really know how to do that. Um, I just really like this idea of how we've had Jiru bringing out the best in his team up to this point by having them find some of himself in them and now they're all trying to give back to him by being like find these parts of of us in yourself and how really all of it comes together in order to, you know, teach the lesson of the episode
1: which just it's so nice. I they're such a lovely team that way with with just
0: yeah, we
1: we're all individuals but we all have like you said, the, the parts of the others in themselves, and it's it's really... I really like this team. I don't... Like, I'm still kind of iffy about the show being, like, where it's gonna be sitting. Because it could go a lot of ways yet, but I really like the team
0: anyway. Yeah, um, Garza and Crunchula swapping bodies was hilarious, <laughs> and I kind of wish it had been that way for the whole episode. Like, the dude just refused to switch them back.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing.
0: Like, because I just wanted to see more of it, because the two of them have such great energy, and getting to see Garza's suit actor get to really ham it up on the body language was really fun. Mm. Um, Yabe Keizo, who's the suit actor for Garza, and Kami Onaoki, the suit actress who plays Crunchula, like, they just did a really great job imitating each other's body language, and I would have liked to seen a lot more of it.
1: Yeah, they really did. It was amazing.
0: Also, I didn't realize Crunchula was being suit-acted by a woman.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, because, like, we, you kind of glossed over that really quick, and, uh, holy dang.
0: Um, I mean, she also did the suit-acting for Dograño and Genis. Um, she's also dang, played right. some, some female Sentai members. She was Kureon and Lucky Uro, which explains why the two of them had very similar energy. Um, yeah. but I was really surprised that she was also suit-acting these very masculine villains. I did not think Toei would do that.
1: Well, I mean, we have been finding out that they aren't quite the cowards that they seem to be, so, you know, good on them. But seriously, I just, I mean, first off, finding out, oh wait, that's the same suit-actress who was Correon? That explains a few things. <laughs> but also, like, do they just have some dude doing voiceover for Crunchula? Because- He sounds mask as heck. I mean, I'm I'm just super into the idea, but it's it's blowing my mind, dude.
0: Yeah, he has a separate voice actor who I... Thankfully, I had looked more into it because I had almost credited him for this. Um, Because I just... I didn't realize there was a separate suit actor. Didn't
1: see that one coming.
0: Especially since he's got the exposed mouth.
1: Right? That's what's throwing me off.
0: Like... They've gotten really good at ADR in the past few years that we are 20 episodes in and just haven't noticed at all. And I've heard it literally like no sort of one thing. mention it. Because I, I assume if the ADR was bad enough that like people who are more familiar with the language would notice, they would have said something. But I, I haven't heard anything.
1: Just yet me either. Like, I'm I'm assuming
0: anyone who doesn't follow suit actors and therefore would be tracking who is playing Crunchula, like, I assume no one else has noticed.
1: Yeah, I just... I... I, Again, like I said, like you said, you figured someone would have said something, but I'm just kind of over here being blown away because she's just out here kicking us in the face forever. Kami Naoki is so
0: cool yeah she is and she's she goes back to live man dang like she's been around Toei a long time and she's it seems like she's been alternating between like female rangers because she was like gal white and and all of that um i think mega pink okay and then wow. suited supports and monsters, and like I'm kind of shocked that she was playing uh, Shafu at, from Geki Ranger and Smoky and Maji Ranger. Wait, she was Smoky? Yeah, she was Smoky. She was Smoky and the Snow One that uh, Maji Mother got her powers from. She suit acted both of them. Dang. And like I was kind of surprised by that, especially Shafu. But I'm like, okay, well they're kind of more goofy characters, so. Okay. But also she's been grabbing up these big masculine villains the past couple of years and is killing it. And that caught me really off guard. Yeah,
1: honestly, I it from the sound it just sounds like they just put up a list of, "Hey, here are some parts. Do you, you want in?" And she's like, mm, "I will do this one. That one looks fun. I will do that." Cuz I mean, I just like the thought that she's just out there like, huh, that one sounds cool. Look at that one. Alright, this one's kind of doofy. Right on. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Crayon.
0: Yeah, like, she's really got that, that fun body language. She can really do so much with that. But
1: also, she was Degraño. Yeah,
0: she was Degraño.
1: Cause, like, look, Degraño didn't get to do a lot of big stuff, but Degraño had some presence. I mean, just for a character who basically existed to sit down in a chair and gesture, Degranio is actually kind of intimidating. So, yeah, just it just goes to show: Tokusatsu is about commitment to the illusion, and when they do it well, they will blow your freaking mind, man. Because, like, okay, Um, I just I've been sort of off and on rewatching Deno, well, not even off and on, just like last night I watched the first few episodes and. It just reminded me of how powerful it is when you see Takaiwa Seiji swap between characters seamlessly, and you have to consciously remind yourself that no, that's that's not someone being possessed. They're not switching suit actors. This is a long cut. Like they there is no editing here. That's just that dude ruling that hard. And that's what she does. Like, and it's just I, don't, I just I am constantly amazed by the power of this art form to sort of mess with you just with the people in these suits. I don't know if that's that's part of a longer rant, but anyway, let's let's move on.
0: I also adore the entire cast just getting to go absolutely wild when we first see them out of suit and they're portraying their stones. <laughs> like fire yeah. just not understanding the concept of walking and jetter and helico just trying to fly around were was all very cute especially helico being like oh heck yeah i want to do a surgery and everyone it'd be like oh god no no like tie her to a chair or something we cannot have this
1: honestly like jetter and helico were the best mostly because like just Just seeing, uh, what is the, what is the the blue guy's name? I done forgot it. Uh, Oh, Shiguru. Yeah, just seeing Shiguru just with his arms out. That was precious.
0: I loved it. It
1: was amazing. But, like, the best of the pair uh, was unsurprisingly Helico. Because, yeah, it is that sweet, I'ma do me a surgery. Like, I don't know. I just love the concept of, hey, I think Sayo's great. I'm going to go be just like Sayo, even though I have no idea how these meat bodies work, because I'm just a rock. Like, I don't care how clever she is, nor how good her taste in partners, because, hey, again, if you're going to fall in love with someone, uh, the amazing charismatic surgeon with the high dex score, that's a pretty good choice. But, like, she doesn't know an epidermis from an echidna, and I just, I don't want her learning that on the job. (laughs)
0: I mean, the obvious exception is Mach, who made me really uncomfortable. But I'll give Senna's actress points for at least making that convincingly weird. Yeah, look,
1: that was very convincing. And and it's not her fault that someone wrote that bit so weird, Kaneko. I don't know why someone would do that, Kaneko. Why would anyone do that? Just, I swear to- Bob, just, again, Kaneko Cowrie gets so weird in these, like, sort of these tropey episodes. Because, like, are we, am I kink-shaming Kaneko Kaori? I feel like I, I, if we're not, I feel like we probably could, because, uh, like, the glue monster is way more aggressively gross. But, I don't know, the whole thing with Mach and Sen is just so low-key unsettling,
0: and I really hate it. Oh, see, I found this one more high-key Gross. Because this was like explicitly sexual. Where at least with the glue dude, it was uncomfortable, but he's just like, I'm gonna glue a trash can to you, and that's what love is, I guess.
1: Yeah, you you make a you make a fine point.
0: Like that that's at least like this kind of very chaste sexless weirdness. Um but this was yeah, mock no. Like, I feel like Kanako is establishing a pattern that I feel is worth kink shaming, much yeah. in the way that we do with Koichi Sakamoto, because they are getting a little too horny on main.
1: Yeah, because, like, look, look, there is a level where I can be, you're doing a joke that's this side of inappropriate, which, I mean, yeah, that is the blue monster, because, mm, yeah, I don't like it. Uh, but then there is Mach just kind of getting handsy on sena and um yeah and sena kept... being like
0: no don't don't touch my yeah. body that Ugh. way
1: yeah like which added to the gross factor, and like, like talking
0: just... about the way she smells
1: oh i'd blocked that out oh
0: like it i, don't, I didn't like it
1: <laughs> no yeah mm. no mm. i mean like no one no one rather i'm not gonna say no one Um, Kaneko Kaori's gonna have to do a little work to get to quiet Sakamoto territory, but, um...
0: Well, that's- that's just a matter of years doing this.
1: Please don't, Koichi- Kaneko Kaori. Like, even Sakamoto seems to be dialing it back, and thank goodness. Cause, uh, that dude has- that dude has some sins to account for. (laughs) Like, there- there are some tokusatsu crimes- but, um, I just- I don't want- we must never allow Kanako Kaori and Koichi Sakamoto to work on an episode together. Oh god. I don't know how we will stop it, but we must at any cost.
0: Oh god, yeah. Um, I- I did think it was cute that Takamichi couldn't get swapped with his kirame stone, because his kirame stone is him.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: And that, you know, at the end of the episode, he's like, ah. A supportive partner? That sounds nice. Like, he was kind of <laughs> jealous that he didn't get to have this experience with a partner like everyone else did. Like, for a guy whose arc has been him growing out of that lone wolf, I don't need anyone to help me mentality, it was a nice little moment to show that that growth really is sticking and has been kind of nailed into the non-head writers of the show.
1: Yeah, which, good, because, I mean, again, Kauri is has been known to, to backslide characterization. And it's, it's nice that that's not happening.
0: So I love everything about the classroom scene with Fire. Everything. As is proper. Um, yep. Like, I love that he doesn't really understand what drawing is, so he just kind of mimics the motion he sees Jiru do and is like yeah this is probably what drawing is yeah so
1: good just you're just you're just covering it in in lines yeah but uh, red is cool ah. yeah, I
0: like this I like this color though um, and I love that he sees this kid's act of rebellion and is just like heck yeah love your energy kid and just joins in and gets everyone on board in like supporting and mimicking this kid's act of transgression
1: yeah That was so good. I, like, I saw that, I wanted to high-five him, because, like, there's, that's connecting with someone, you know? That's one of those, and that's how I learned how to love art moment that that kid is gonna remember.
0: Yeah, because, like, it, you know... Because when he does it, the kid is clearly, like, looking at him like, I expected to be punished for this. What is happening?
1: Yeah, I, okay, no one's yelling at me? What's going on? But it's but it's so good because it's fire explains the truth of it. It's not about doing it right. Like, yeah, sure. Finding the, the formalized, you know, ways of doing things so that you can better express yourself, that's important. Or at the very least, it, it makes it easier to communicate your stuff to other people. But like, he cuts to the core of of why you aren't which is to express your way, yourself in a way that feels good to you. And, like, the kid getting told, hey, the way you express yourself is good. That ruled, dude. That rocked my face. Because, like, obstinate kid or not, when he did that paper tearing at Juru, like, look, I just... The part of me that face-planted when trying to do student teaching was just like, ooh, that... Mm. And also the part of me that's here for the kid as a part of this story. Like, I, I felt bad for Juru. But seriously, I what a baller move for that kid. For the little for the little, little kid just tearing the paper. I don't want to draw. This is what I think of your whole drawing thing. Like, look, I was a defiant little jerkwad as a young'un. So that kid just got me punching the air. And then later on in the episode when Fire helped his find, helped him find his artistic voice... I did so again because like yo it was beautiful
0: yeah and I definitely did feel for Juru, but also after the kid ripped the paper twice part of me was like Juru has never talked to a person younger than himself in his <laughs> life because I am the worst with kids I'm not good with kids at all and even I know that like at that point you've gotta come at this from a different angle you can't just yeah. keep handing them another piece of paper
1: yeah, because he, he is communicating quite quite well, I would say. I am not interested in this, but I guess it's that Juro's a young and yet and probably hasn't talked, like you said, hasn't talked to a lot of younger kids. So, like, I get it. It honestly makes me like him more because on top of being relatable, I also just really like seeing people realize the limitations of their approaches to things because, like, that's an important step to growth.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I did have to learn somewhere that a change of angle was needed in that situation. Um, And I was kind of placed in a similar situation, though I was significantly younger than Jiru, because I think I was maybe 11 or 12. And my, like, camp counselors at my summer camp would leave me and my friend in charge of one or two younger kids that, like, they were having problems with and didn't want to deal with.
1: Oof. That's rough. I confess, like, I usually just was the kid that no one wanted to deal with, because, uh, like I said, I was just a defiant little so-and-so. Uh, so before long, everyone just left me alone with my headphones, which, uh, boy, hey, sure is an episode of getting uncomfortable and uncomfortably real. Yeah,
0: I mean, that. well, I have been both, because the reason that we were left with these children instead of doing other camp activities is because they didn't want to deal with us. <laughs>
1: Well, there, there you go.
0: Um, so, so it was, it was, a, it was an ordeal. But it's, it's just the thing where, like, I felt bad for him, and it was just very clear that he didn't know what he was doing, which is no fault of his, because he is not trained to do this.
1: Yes, um,
0: it was just very clear that he didn't know what he was doing and didn't know, like, I don't know what other angle to come at this from. <laughs> um, and just the way that it read, like. It seemed like this was the first time this kid has ever felt supported in expressing himself in the way he wants. It
1: absolutely felt that way. I'm sorry, go on, I just- Um, cause-
0: Cause just like, the way that- The way that, you know, Fire rips up the paper and he's like, I am I not getting yelled at? <laughs> And, you know, then he gets to find this new and interesting way to create and being told, hey, not only are you allowed to create this way, it's super cool that you figured this out. Keep doing it. And that's a thing that's going to stick with him and is going to stick with the kids who are watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: like, I just, I bet some parents are going to be frustrated at their kid's sudden love of collages and art form. But on the other hand... Uh, the kid's learning an
0: art form. That rules! Yeah, I mean, if your kid is suddenly very into it, and I assume the thing that they would be frustrated by is the mess, you just yeah. You just make a workspace that can handle that mess. You yeah. put some newspaper down, You you give them, or, you know, you get a big sheet, and be like, you can do this on this sheet. Yes.
1: <laughs> Not on the wall. And please don't scatter the the mess everywhere
0: yeah you if you can keep it all confined to this sheet then you can do it here and then you just shake you know, out the sheet when they're done like an it's, important
1: part of of being a, any sort of craftsperson is respect for your tools in your workspace yeah
0: so it's you know and i think this i think this is really good for parents watching to be like oh well, yeah i I should support them in the way that they want to do things. I think there's just a lot of, lot of good here. Yeah, and, there really is. Like, we give Koniko Kauri a lot of guff, which they do regularly deserve. Mm. But they've also got some just real good stuff in them. And it's kind of worth sorting through some of the mess in order to get, like, really special gems like this moment.
1: Yeah, again, like this is the curse of Kanako Kaori. able to have those moments of elegant beauty, but must always offset every moment of genuinely interesting writing with just gross stuff. <laughs> Why? Cause it it just blows my mind that the same mind that is, oh my lady, she smells so good, like oh, yeah. is this is the one who said. Oh yeah, this kid is defiant. That's just because he's never been allowed to express himself. And hey, this is why everyone likes fire. Fire is gonna let him do that. Like, how? How do you do both? I'm glad they're. You know, I. I'm glad they're doing both. But also, I'm like, you could just not do the gross one.
0: Conoco Cowry contains multitudes.
1: It is so true.
0: And then you've got that scene running parallel to the gems trying to fight as Kira Majors and how the difference in support from their partners makes all the difference in the fight. Because, you know, we just start off with the Kira Majors telling them that everything they're doing is wrong and not good enough. And they're just like, well, what do we do then? Yeah. Which just, again,
1: Kanako Kaori can land those moments when they wanna. Because, again, this is this this shows not only why red is rather why fire is the red of the kirame stones but also like hey this is how you approach improving at any task this is how you help other people when they are approaching a new task like it's it's really good kanako kaori is the infinite
0: And just, like, fire showing Takeshi that his desire to create differently is valid leads to this bigger, more cooperative, and more interesting piece of art. And they tie that directly back to the Kira Majors supporting their partners and the way that their partners want to fight and encourage them to kind of explore the way they fight and just kind of lean into, here, this is... I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you advice instead of tearing them down and telling them they're wrong and trying to make them fight the same way that the Kira Majors usually fight. And that's when the Kira Stones are able to really do some damage. And like, not only do they shift to encouragement, the Kira Majors actively apologize for treating their partners poorly and tearing them down and not encouraging them. And that's not only wonderful, but important for kids to see.
1: Yeah, because, look, even even with our heroes, frustration or lack of perspective means that sometimes you don't treat people like you ought to. And when that happens, you apologize, and if at all possible, to ameliorate or undo the damage. You know, where you can. Uh, which is all to say, just, they're a good sentai, Brent.
0: Just be good to each other lift up instead of cut down and we can all just try and make each other better
1: dang yeah because after all what is humanity but one very very big super sentai setting forth to be back evil and help one another fight back the various monsters which we call life and above which stands the general 2020 who (sighs) who boy (laughs) general 2020 has been uh it's been a pretty impressive monster.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one.
1: Uh, boy, I hope we can manage to... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on, otherwise I'm gonna depress myself again.
0: Um, I love the Kirame Stone roll call. That was yes! so incredibly cute, and it was nice to see the suit actors get to play around with some different poses and different energy instead of just redubbing the normal roll call footage.
1: Which, like... Would be much easier. I'm glad they didn't do it.
0: And then all the care Majors got to do their own little machine roll call as they drove in. And that was also super cute.
1: It really was. The whole thing was so charming. And while I, I don't think you need a justification to do a body swap episode. Like, even just do a body swap episode. They're fine. They're fun. They're interesting. They're tradition. Giving the machine... Yeah, exactly. But giving the machines a chance to do their own roll call... That was the best reason to do it. It was just so, so, so good.
0: Then, oof, home loan monster, tying the robot down with loans. That was too much. Oh, Kira Major, that was a lot. Please don't make me think about that.
1: Yeah, seriously, that was the most frightful monster they've put up yet. Though, I guess it's good that Crunchula sent it out this early, because in, like, ten episodes in the 30s, uh that one could have really wrecked our heroes you know yes. yeah i i really hope kanako kaori is able to use the money they made writing this episode to do the same to some of their debts you know if they have any because boy that monster just felt like <laughs> that came from a place a place of real knowledge kanako Kauri, you contain multitudes we give you a lot of crap I really hope you were able to pay off whatever it is you're paying off.
0: <laughs> Good luck with your mortgage. Yep. Um, body swapping the mooks and being like, wait, did anything actually change? You have the same face and no voice. Um, was actually a very funny joke, and I would have liked to see that explored a little further.
1: Honestly, like, I just, I had the most Cronenberg moment with that, because Okay. We're body swapping people who are played as being basically the same thing, which is just so weird and existential, cause like, okay. Are these are these not filth golems? Are these actual people? What are they like under there? What what kinds of differences would the muckrakers have? I just I don't know, man, like I, I I just don't want to think about it too much because otherwise I'm going to start feeling bad for the muckrakers because they're just, they're people doing their jobs. I really much.
0: Uh, it, it brought me back to Bo- this one episode of Bokenger where there was some kind of like fruit of knowledge and one of the, the ninja monsters ate it and ended up somehow giving some to two of the dragon mooks. And they, like, the two dragon mooks got hyper-intelligent and, like, tried to unionize. And it was this weird background, like, B-plot of the episode.
1: I had forgotten that one. I need to rewatch Bokenger.
0: Like, it's, it's really funny. And I'm just like, yeah, give me just two of them, like, getting smart and taking off. Or, like, these two that have switched bodies just in the backgrounds of episodes, not really knowing how to handle it. And being, like, finding weird differences in their bodies.
1: And I just, I, honestly, there's a, there could be a very good episode just in, wait, you guys are exactly the same. And they're just like, no, we're not. We're both individuals. You just don't see us as people. And just, I don't know, man, that could get real existential real quick. And I'm here for it. But I think, I think that takes us into 20.
0: Uh, yeah. Unless we
1: have any further thoughts on, no, that. it
0: it was a cute body swap episode. It's been yeah. kind of a hot second since we've gotten one. Yeah,
1: just also, again, the the enigma that is kind of Kamen. Yeah,
0: the the myth, the legend.
1: See, at this point, honestly, like there was a point where I I would have I would have called them like our our personal nemesis, but at this point, it's just like no, no. Kaneko Kaori is is a towering presence just, one with which we must all reckon
0: like every time that we put Kaneko Kaori's name on an episode it's just like there's gonna be an experience in here
1: yeah and and like every time I see oh wait this was written by Kaneko Kaori and it's just like stop think yeah that tracks
0: that explains again for better or for worse most things about this episode
1: yeah when it's when it's great oh yeah can of go when it's weird and gross and bad it's like oh can of go again like
0: multitudes
1: multitudes and and I have to say there is always something to be said for the idea that uh as I, as I frequently say whenever it's time for project runway ugly beats boring yeah and like Say one thing for kanako kaori at worst, kanako kaori is ugly. kanako kaori is never boring.
0: No, there is always something going on.
1: Yeah, there is just a moment of just transcendent, something like you always have an emotion. And I mean, look, I gotta I gotta give it to him. <laughs> There's There are not a lot of writers in Toei Tokusatsu who give me something every time. And, uh, yeah, anyway, I, we could just, honestly, at this point, we, we are almost to a point where we could do a whole episode just on the Kaneko Cowrie oeuvre.
0: God, I would love
1: that. We Just, like, go back through what are, you know, list the episodes and, like, wait, that was her, that was them? Whoa. Because, like, I uh, but I at least appreciate that at this point, it's it's, whenever the episodes are there, it's like, there's a gross thing, but there's also something really cool and smart and good. So, like, that's, look, step in the right
0: direction. Okay, so rolling into 20. Yeah. Kakihara Mizuki is a really interesting character to me. She's not written quite as well as I'd like, but, I mean, she's not even on the B-Squad for this show, so I can only expect so much for a character who's... Probably gonna show up, like, four times tops.
1: Yeah, I confess, I was legitimately surprised when she came back. Because, like, it seemed like after we stopped seeing her in, what, episode one or two?
0: No, episode zero was the only time she's shown up. Wow.
1: But just, like, I just didn't think we were gonna see her again, because, okay, I guess, I guess we're moving out of the high school thing. All right. And then just suddenly, boom, here she is. I, I hope she sticks around because I, I think she brings an interesting energy to things, but I just, I I rather doubt they're going to make a point of having her around. I, but I again, I wouldn't mind it, because I, I like her energy. I like her hook.
0: Yeah, I, I figured we'd see her at least once, because she made me immediately think of a thing that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, um, and I felt like we would see her at least once to in a way that references that. Um, but... She reminds me of Miu from Forze. And y'all know how Good much call. I love our eternal president, chairwoman, and queen, Kazashiro Miyu.
1: As is proper.
0: Because um, Miu also started as this two-faced, antagonistic mean girl trademark who was aggressive to her peers to kind of get where she wanted to be because as far as she was concerned all of her peers were as two-faced as she was because all they wanted was to get you know, gratification from being noticed by her. But also she played this kind of model student beloved by the staff, because that's how you play the game. You have the business face, and you have the, the private face. As Kakihara said. She, and she kind of reveled in her fakeness, because it was what got things done. And then a big weirdo superhero showed up and was like, hey, you're cool the way you are, and the way you do things is really effective. But can you maybe point it in a direction that's helpful instead of just <laughs> yeah. being kind of a jerk?
1: Yeah, I mean, that is, like you said, that is 100% common Rider Forza.
0: Yeah, and, like, that's... Mew from that has this really incredible growth arc that is about learning to trust and love and use her insights and organizational skills to make sure that her idiot superhero is, you know, pointed in the direction of the fight and isn't just running <laughs> off. And Kakihara feels like a very scaled-down version of that. It's a little weaker, because they had to stuff what Miyu had, like, 48 episodes to do into one episode. But it's more or less the same arc, and I'd really love to see Kakihara keep coming back and seeing her progressively change more and more. I'd love to see her, like, text Jiru about something weird going on in town and then they get oh, yeah. an alert right from where she said that this was going on and she can kind of give him a little tip that she thinks will help him beat the monster of the week like you know not every time just now and then um, yeah. or seeing her cover for him when he's got to run out of school to fight a monster like that would be neat Or I
1: mean look we haven't really brought back Gemini she'd be a great way for him to cover that or if someone else is using Gemini
0: yeah and like you know since juru or you know even since juru's drawing of her had this powerful negative aura around her and kakihara ended the episode with deciding to be more honest about who she is like have her harness Cala mentality. have her be corrupted by it for a while by through this idea that like oh well juru says this negative stuff is what's good about me so i'm just going to embrace it kind of unquestioningly and get lost in it in this kind of heavy Sukai metal sort of way. And have Juru reach out and help pull her out of it. And have her then be the insight into Kala mentality that leads the team to bring down Garza.
1: Uh, dude, I, I think it will not surprise you when I say that I'm absolutely here for that. Because, look destruction or destructive instincts as this episode and honestly both of these episodes was about like these don't have to be necessarily evil or mean it's not about the tools it's about what you do with them and the because sa- the same fire that burns down a house can also keep you warm on a cold night so she can fall into darkness and pull herself out of it and it would be awesome also along the way I think we can agree that she should punch Garza in the face.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Just cuz like she's cool enough and it'd be fun to see it.
0: Yeah, like cuz uh, I can see her doing it is the thing. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I honestly I want there to be a bit where Garza's is like, "Hey, come join me. I will teach you the power of Kala mentality." She's like, "Yeah, all right. Sure." And then she totally star-screams him. And <laughs> And like he doesn't see it coming, because he's like, but no, I was gonna teach you the thing and I and then I was gonna control you, and you're gonna be my weapon. Yeah, um You can't play a player. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, look, it would be amazing to see Starscream get Starscream. Yes!
1: Absolutely. It's great when that happens. Actually I think that was an episode of Beast Wars, now that I think about it. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, Starscream's Beast Wars Ghost very came well. back and then uh there was Black Arachnia and he tried to oh, team up with right. her yeah. to to overthrow megatron and then he tried to betray her and she's like Haha, nice try
0: i do kind of remember that now
1: yeah like it was it was season 1 so you know it was it was kind of ugly anyway but and it's someone try like i always feel bad for everyone trying to do the chris lotta voice cuz boy that's you know the Starscream scream screech
0: Oof. that's
1: a hard one to do right yeah. Because, like, that is such a singular performance, and, like, if you do it wrong, it's just like, ah, you're trying to be, like, a raspy guy, but you're
0: evil, ah. it's like, ah, you're trying too hard. It just, it just sounds kind of gross if you do it wrong.
1: Yeah. I The best one is Tom Kenny in Transformers Animated, because he just, he kept a wine in it.
0: Yeah, well, that's Tom Kenny.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's great at it, but... Just that that extra bit of a whine is like, oh wow, yeah, I hate Starscream. Scream. <laughs> Why? Cause he just sounds like the he sounds like a Star Scream. <laughs> anyway, um, but I just definitely want her to Starscream, Scream Garza. That would be great.
0: <laughs> I, I but no, you. I was
1: gonna use you to kill the Emperor. Oh. What, yeah. What if I do no. that
0: for me though?
1: Yeah, like if look, if I was gonna kill the Emperor, I just kill the Emperor. <laughs> But, uh,
0: if I'm going to kill the Emperor, Emperor. I want to become what? the Emperor. Yeah,
1: but, like, also, I don't want any part of your garbage empire, because it sucks, and smells bad, and all the monsters are ugly.
0: Yeah, I'm like, just going to ha- kill the Emperor and go to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I I have Meanwhile, to go take a picture of a drink for my Instagram.
1: Oh, God, you totally eight, I'm
0: 17.
1: I'm 17. <laughs> Did you... It's it's uh that that bit in Agretico where where the Fennec Fox is just like, yeah, I figured out the the I forget the the deer's name. Oh but yeah. Like, I figured out her her rhythm on Instagram.
0: Also, I'm allowed to make this joke because I also take pictures of food and put it on Instagram.
1: Yes, it's so.
0: Because I do like I I get very annoyed at people like mocking teenage girls for enjoying taking photos and putting them on Instagram. The joke the, the joke coming from me is that I too do this. And I just I don't
1: I mean I I understand it because like intellectually it's oh right our entire culture hates women especially teenage girls because uh we can weaponize their hate and if we teach them to hate themselves then they are more easily preyed upon by uh, older dudes. Um, Like, I understand the intellectual reasons for it, but I just don't get it, because it's like, all right, some teenagers like to take selfies. Ooh. I had
0: had a teacher a couple of years ago who, like, railed against people putting photos of food on Instagram, and I'm like, what's wrong? I, like, outright asked him, like, what's wrong with it? Why... Why can't people just enjoy a thing? Like, why can't people have a hobby? And he just kind of brushed me off, because he was that kind of guy. But I was mad about it.
1: I got to do the same thing. It was just like, yeah, everyone's so vapid and vain that they just want to post selfies of themselves. It should be more like the old days. And it's like, wait, the old days where they paid a dude... A whole heap of mo- like they saved up money paid someone to come into their house and they all stood still for hours and hours and hours just so they could have a picture of themselves up on a wall that's less <laughs> than just like <laughs> click boop it's just it's yeah he, he disagreed but it was just like i don't know i i I felt very good for standing up for, for the ladies there.
0: I, I support teenage girls and their hobbies.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like I don't get them all, but I'm also like, I'm a dude who's pushing 40. I don't, I don't need to get it.
0: (laughs) See, I I mean, (sighs) I have my
1: own weird hobbies.
0: Like I, I once was a teenage girl and I had a lot of weird hobbies. Not all of them were, you know, very feminine. Um, but, like, Which is the I, other
1: thing everyone gets mad at you about. So, yeah. like, teenage girls, they can't win for losing, and every time they're just like, no, I like this thing I like, I, we here at the Toe Network are always in support of that.
0: Yeah, because, like, I don't know, I just, I remember people being very weird about my weird hobbies, and, like, I was, I feel like I was pitted against other girls. Like... No, you gotta do the more feminine girl things, or no, you don't do the more feminine girl things. I don't know. I liked weird fantasy books and fanfiction.
1: Which, like, honestly, how is that e- like I realize that that, you know, the past is a different country, and boy, that is just more and more true. But like the the the, the pressure to do the not like other girls thing just so Like it's so great. Yeah,
0: like ev- everything that I see now, like you know, bashing selfie culture and all that, it just it feels like an extension of what I lived through as a teenager. No,
1: it is. I would and argue I'm just that it like, is.
0: This is all the same stuff. Yeah. So just let them enjoy the things.
1: Honestly, like, checking out, I... like looking at a pop cultural any pop cultural history long enough, it's just like, boy, any time a teenage girl gets into a thing. Yeah. And, uh, like, even and especially when it's a bunch of dudes actively marketing that thing to the girls. Those same dudes will be like, I don't know why all these teenage girls like this thing. It's only a thing that we want them to like.
0: Because, like, I remember, I remember boy bands and I remember girl bands. And I, I never disliked makeup. I was just lazy. Yeah, well, that's like, fair. I just didn't want to get up an an extra hour earlier to put on makeup. That was that's where I took that from. Um, Speaking
1: of someone who does not wake up an hour early to put on makeup himself, uh, understandable.
0: I was just like, I don't want to do that. I would rather wear jeans and a sweatshirt. That's easy. Um, but I mean like I've always liked I like makeup. I like dressing nice and fancy and all that. I'm just I don't want to do it every day because I like sleeping.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a pain.
0: But yeah, no, it just it all of all of it reminds me of my own teenage girl times and I just I support teenage girls and the things they want to do because a lot of them are doing cool stuff. Yeah. And like even the ones who are doing
1: uncool stuff, except for a handful of outliers, it like it doesn't hurt anyone.
0: No, who they're cares? just having fun.
1: Like the, the most outlier ones are like, you know, the ones who literally do murders.
0: And the again... Tum- the Tumblr Witch stealing bones. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, that one's an outlier. Most of them are more like the Tumblr Witches who decided they were going to hex the moon. Good times. And again, I'm just like... You know, that's, that's the one where I'm like, look, man, I don't know what the moon did to you. I would not hex the moon. But, uh... Girl, if you're powerful enough to do it.
0: I mean look, Rock
1: on. I, I want to be on your bad side.
0: I I don't know what the moon did to them, but I feel it because I don't trust horses. I do not I trust horses. You.
1: I don't blame you, man. Horses are untrustworthy.
0: Never Big trust a horse. Devil dogs. That is that is my advice to you. Never trust a horse.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, but
0: come, bring us back around to Kira Major. Yeah,
1: otherwise we are just we could just go off on this forever.
0: I, I can and will talk for an hour about how I do not trust horses. Come to my live streams. But bringing us back around to Kira Major. I love the bit where Shiguru and Senna's swords get glued together, and for the rest of the scene, Shiguru is just walking around with these stuck-together swords, just kind of, like, holding them up in the air. Because he doesn't know... <laughs> how to fix the sword problem but he's definitely not going to not have a sword
1: yeah look I mean the thing is Senna has her speed, Shikuru has swords that's his whole thing I mean, I even if there's a
0: I just would have loved to see him try to use it
1: oh same like cause look if the glue hadn't have gone away at the end of the episode you know he would have just kept it and figured a way to make it work because like, it'd be like an outsized Kopesh crossed with like a sword orang. Like, he'd figure a way to, to make it work. He's a sword guy. That's he, what he, he does. Would,
0: he would figure it out. I believe in him. But I just Not to mention, I he's on a, that we could have a... seen him just swing it around.
1: Agreed. Not to mention like he's also on a Super Sentai, and weird, impractical weapons is kind of the Super Sentai raison d'etre.
0: That's true. Um, I also adored the bit of Kakihara being like, Forget my personal tragedy, look at all these hot, famous people.
1: Seriously, like, I already thought she was cool, but her just going down the list put such a smile on my face, because yeah, you know, it highlighted more than anything that she's not that different from Juru.
0: Yeah, because you know, she reacted the, the same way.
1: Yeah. She just has a different way of approaching things, and honestly, it, it makes this a doubly clever episode to pair with 19 for that aspect, even if, again, they the x the factor is the other thing that makes them pair well.
0: Um, I mean, like, but even Tomo got to have this moment of like, wait, you actually know who I am? Like, your brother is a fan of me? And got to kind of enjoy his status for a few seconds? Which I really liked, because I love Tomo, and he deserves recognition, because gaming is hard. Professional gaming yeah. is really difficult.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't do it. That is a skill that takes a long time to build. And I'm just glad we've moved past making fun of him for having that very focused kind of micro fame. And, And we're instead making sure that everyone knows that the thing that makes you shine, whatever that thing is, is something worthy of notice and respect. Unless, I suppose, the thing that makes you shine is, you know, some sort of hurting people, in which case... Well, in this
0: case, you don't have Kira mentality, you have Kalam mentality, and
1: that's not yeah. good. Yeah, and yeah, don't don't use your Kalam mentality on people. Find, find a thing that makes you shine, not the thing that makes your inner darkness grow. I don't know. Unless it gets you a cool dinosaur train.
0: Yeah, that I which don't case, know, go like, for it.
1: Yeah, like, I'm not saying do it, but at the same time, I can't, I can't in good faith say don't, because um, that dinosaur train is pretty sweet. I want a dinosaur
0: train. Yeah, me too.
1: I would, I confess, the... there, there are some medium amounts of evil I would do for that train.
0: And this is like, this is not the first dinosaur train we've gotten in Super Sentai.
1: No, but it's the best one.
0: It is Sorry. the best one.
1: Like, I have like like, there have been some good trains throughout Super Sentai. There have been some good dinosaur trains throughout Super Sentai. This one, I'm just like, nah, it's too cool.
0: Was there a dinosaur train in Tokyo? Uh,
1: well, when they did the crossover with Kyoruger.
0: Yeah, that's where I figured it would probably be. Did they? I mean, even one?
1: then. What's that?
0: Was there like a dinosaur train involved in that?
1: Yeah, the the engine was replaced with the the Kyoruger, red Tyrannosaurus. Okay. And then, I mean, most the train. Like, the, when they combined, they didn't turn into a dinosaur, they just turned into, like, a kyo themed them. Okay. But...
0: I just wondered, because I remember being like, man, if there's a dinosaur train in that movie, they need to reference go and they probably didn't.
1: Yeah, I bet... Yeah, I I don't think they did. Which is kind of a shame, because, uh...
0: Because they also had a good dinosaur train.
1: And mostly, I just... I admit my favorite like, weird train they had was when Deno was the feet. And Momo was just like, why, why are we the feet? Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a fair question, but also, like, rider's kick. Also, here is a picture of the Kyoryu train.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of... I, I never saw that movie, but I now kind of remember this toy.
1: Yeah, I... I will say this: It did not make me want to watch Kyoruger.
0: No, there's really no reason to go out of your way for Kyoruger. Yeah. Like, if if I, if you're ever interested in Kyoruger, I can give you maybe like five episodes, and that's really all you need.
1: But yeah. Anyway,
0: let's uh, the moving big- on. The bit of Takamichi walking in and just absolutely blowing Jiru's cover by teasing him about having a girlfriend while the entire team is trying to signal him to shut his dang mouth was my favorite moment in the whole episode.
1: Seriously, it was so good. Just everyone's like, no, I love a good, no, just moment. They're hard to do.
0: Shiguru reeling back and then flinging himself dramatically to the wall in despair was incredible like one by one we are learning that this entire team is just showing up for the drama and i love all of them
1: same and i i especially enjoy that they've realized that with with all the big big energy everyone's got and especially now that takamichi's here because like look they're all pretty intense people just on a regular day then takamichi's there yeah they got to dial everything up to 12 and uh here for it
0: (laughs) Like, up to the second that he walked in, I was really wondering where they were going with the bit and how long they were gonna spend, like, trying to drag out the secret identity. (laughs) And then the doors open and I saw Takamichi and I'm like, oh, it's right here. This is it. We're moving on.
1: Yeah, just him sucking all of the energy out of the room finally comes in handy. Look, I like him more. I'm still kind of annoyed.
0: And then just having Kakihara be like, wait... Juru, you mean Juru Juru? Oh heck with this! No, I'm done. And having everyone yeah. kind of figure out her like public-private face deal from her reaction to finding out about Juru, like that was great. That was so well handled. Yeah, it
1: really was. And I mean, like you said, on top of on top of being a great character moment, it's also a great bit of comedy. And I just, I don't know. I I have this deep fondness for when we take time to show that behavior that is often coded as scummy, like, you know, being two-faced, can have a place on the side of good and decency. Because again, it's not what you do, it's what you do with it. And that's that's just beautiful.
0: Yeah, and honestly, for all, Kakihara's Muse entire character arc thing was squished into one episode, and I would have liked a little more depth for her. Oh, same it is very well paced nothing drags on too long and nothing feels rushed even though like it really should have yeah it should have because this all took place in one episode
1: yeah and it felt like she got an entire arc and like look no forgiveness for the weird grossness of the glue monster but I will say this Ryuta can write a good get to know a side character arc
0: I'm also very hyped that Jiru got to spin his changer on a mook. I absolutely adore tactile changers, and when the members of the Sentai use their surroundings to activate it...
1: Oh, same, same. Friction-based transformations are the stuff. There's always a lot of movement to them, and you always get the opportunity to do those really inventive transformation moments.
0: I I think everyone in Bokenger got at least one, but Akashi is off of the dragon guy's sword. That may not have been the dragon guy's sword, it might have actually been Zuban, because I think it was was during the arc where they get Zuban, so I think it may have actually been off of Zuban uh, before we knew that he was a big golden man and not just a magic sword. Um, so his his off of the sword and Sakura's off of the ground in kind of a mimic of the shonen punch the ground when angry to show the power of rage are like my top two.
1: I mean, those are pretty strong top two.
0: Um, I mean, this one doesn't carry the weight of that, but it does lay the groundwork that you can do it that way, which I think will lead us to getting to see some super cool ones down the line.
1: I mean, I mean, you you brought up your top two. Like, the one I went to and the one I hope we get is that time where they use the friction of deflecting a bullet to transform. I forget which member of the Bokengers did that, but that was, like, it blew my mind, man. That was one of the best moves in Sentai ever.
0: My my gut is saying Masumi, but I think it might have actually been Sota, because I, like, in my head it's Masumi, but I also remember him doing one off of a railing. And I remember there being several points at which Soto was being shot at, which fits with him better because he was a spy and there were, there was like an arc that went into his past and I think it might have been during that. Yeah, Uh, but I
1: wanna, I'm gonna give it to Masumi in my head until I rewatch Bokenger, cause, uh, I like Masumi and and his whole, like, his whole thing. I like it. And that just, it seems like the sort of thing he'd do while trying to one-up Akashi. (laughs) but just, I don't entirely remember the context, but I do remember just swinging the changer, the bullet grazes it, it deflects the bullet, it makes the changer spin, like, that is lodged in me hard.
0: Yeah, the the Sakura one is the one that's really stuck in my guts, because that entire scene is really powerful, because she's, like, Eiji just maybe died, and she's like losing her mind and screaming and you know the you know the monster's advancing on her and is like ha ha your friend is dead what are you going to do and she just tells him to shut up and slams the and like slams the changer on the ground and this is an enemy known as the furious demon god and he recoils in fear from this and that destroys me
1: no dude that's that is proper cuz i mean look she i mean you say she slammed it on the ground but no she used the entire planet to trigger her transformation that dude should be afraid she'll wreck shop without a suit right imagine what she can do with a suit even the earth is just like yeah you kick his face in sakura i'll hold your flower
0: because like sakura as an angel
1: yeah cuz look i'm just saying the planet knows what would happen if it dared get in her way in that moment. And it didn't want none of that.
0: <laughs> um,
1: uh, Bokendra is special, y'all. It Bokenger... really is.
0: It's so good. Um, the actual chase scene and getting to see Kakihara really get involved in the stunts and being lifted and kind of, like, spun, that was a oh, lot was of fun. So good. And I wish yeah. she'd actually gotten to, like, kick a couple of mooks and stuff, because I really love when a civilian gets involved in fighting the monsters, and I was a little sad that she didn't get to. But even still, it was a really good, exciting scene.
1: Oh, it really was. They, they managed to sell both the thrill and the danger, because, I mean, yeah, that's what you should feel if there's a normal human in a Super Sentai fight. Because, like, I realize it's... it's Okay, it's not exactly the same thing, but I kept thinking of that Evangelion episode, both of you, dance like you want to win! which is still like one of the best titles for an episode ever. And also is the name of the the track they danced, you know, they they do their cool fight too. I'm going to put a link to it in the in the as mentioned. It's it is a cool moment. Uh, I like this was nowhere near as fancy as that, but still it was hella good cuz I I love a good acrobatic bit. And that was acrobatic as hell.
0: Yeah. Um also I love Kakihara's plan of glue all this stuff into a giant hammer and smack the guy with it
1: I, I confess I had to pause the show when that when they revealed the hammer because I was just laughing so hard at that because it's like on the one hand yeah it is so obvious but also it's not the sort of thing you see coming but like once it was there I was floored and, I, and I'm just like yeah no wonder we're talking about how smart Kakihara is that's brilliant also, it's like one more reason I hope we see her again is because her tactics and strategies are the same ones I use in video games because my strategy is to be comedically overleveled and my tactic is to hit the enemy without getting hit myself.
0: Yes, that is also how I play video games.
1: Yes. I will just hit you so hard you, you die and then I will run away. <laughs> that's, and that's what she did and it was great. <laughs>
0: Um, okay, so this is a kids' show, so maybe I shouldn't be that surprised by this. But I'm really glad that Juru just gave Kakihara the seat in fire and stood next to her, instead of him trying to do a weird thing with her on his lap.
1: Yeah, I, I confess, I was kind of afraid they were going to do that. But then they didn't, and they let her drive the robot, and it was great. But seriously, I just... I, w- I want them to let her come back as like Kira May Black or something like again, let her fall to Cal mentality and come out of it as superhero we already have the Flash Silver guy she can pop in as, as like the last third of the show's extra hero, cause like look Heisei had all these by the numbers sixths who were all clever inversions versions of the main cast, whatever let's have Rewa be defined by adding in pure story extra heroes like Nada except you know without the heartbreak because she's a child and I don't want her to die horribly on screen like
0: that yes please um,
1: cause like don't hey, do that part again yeah I mean that was that was hard enough when it's a grown up it again it's like Q Ranger boy I'm glad like they tell us oh hey the kid uh, Q Sky Blue yeah he's dead I'm glad they didn't show that
0: yeah
1: they <laughs> just like oh he fell in battle but it's cool he's back now
0: he's fine don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, um, don't sweat it.
0: Oh, also, Koguma Sky Blue is another one that Crunchula's suit actress did.
1: Oh. Dang, that lady's just uh, I wanna say resilient. That's the wrong word, though that is also true. Uh multiflat she's a multifaceted performer. There's yeah. a word I'm thinking of. I can't think of it. Also, just one last thing.
0: Versatile. That's the word you're
1: Versatile, that yes. Thank
0: I you. also couldn't think of the word. <laughs>
1: I'm glad it's not just me. Also, I just want to throw out, I, I enjoy that when they have uh, Driller Gigant and the Magian quote-end-quote combine, <laughs> just because they got glued <laughs> together. So good! And then they're just spinning, and I'm like, I wanted to hate it, but I couldn't. It was just, I didn't have it in me.
0: No, it was so good, and just everyone being like... I don't really think this is what combining is, but let's just go with it. Yeah, it's sure. It's fine.
1: Again, look, honestly, uh, like, I've been off and on. Me and my partner are re-watching Shinkenger. And, like, look, it's still a better combination than some of the Shinkenger robots.
0: Yeah, well... Look, I, I mean... love that
1: show. The robots are a mess.
0: Look, I... I truly adore that Shinkendra and Gojir happened back to back and had a versus movie, so that we got to see both of those robots' final forms in the same shot. Wow,
1: that I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go find that. Cause... I will
0: I will find that and I will put it in the references. Um, because man, it is a it is a special special screenshot.
1: Yeah, I just because again by the end the one in shinkenjer it can't even walk they just it's on a cart they just wheel that sucker forward it's so good
0: it's, it's it is such a thing it is such a machine it is it's truly amazing that this is a thing that happened and that both yeah. of these robots existed back to back and i think after that they were like we can't do this anymore. Yeah, they I, still think, I think did it, but they they definitely toned it down after Shinkendra.
1: Yeah, i mean cuz like look, the one in Gokaijeer, boy, that one got crazy, but nothing it's nothing on on Shinkenger.
0: Just... Yeah, no, they they absolutely had to tone it down after Shinkenger.
1: But okay, since we're talking about previous series, uh, since Kira Major is an anniversary series, they do make a lot of callbacks to previous Sentai by having just evidence of them or references to them scattered throughout the show. And we're gonna, yeah, we we've been trying to make notes of them, but I I admit I haven't always been good. But Sono, you have been a lot more helpful there.
0: I'm trying to pick up on them when I can. 19 isn't actually a reference to a prior sentai, but I think during the Kiramei Stone roll call, Mok's posing may have been a callback to Kamen Rider Mock. I tried to watch the two side by side, and I think they do kind of similar things, but my brain is too exhausted from living in 2020, and also just refuses to commit anything about one of my least favorite Kamen Riders to memory. So even though I watched, like, both poses like four or five times i cu- i just couldn't keep it in my brain
1: i mean it, it wasn't exactly the same but you are not alone in thinking it was close which is a shame because like boy i, I don't want to be reminded of kamen rider mock that freaking guy but somehow kira May green mock still isn't as bad as kamen rider mock because or rather uh somehow Karame Green Mach is actually worse than Common Rider mock Because, like, look, uh, the Rider sucked. He sucked so bad. But uh, he wasn't a weird perv. Or if he was, like, he had other things that stood out instead of it. So, like, I didn't... It didn't stick in my head as the defining trait. And just seriously, who let it go through? Like, it's all voice lines and ADR. You could have changed it, you guys. Like, a lot of people need a talking to about that. And, like, we already, we've we've very thoroughly grilled uh, Kanako Kauri, but, like, Kato Hiroyuki is not blameless here. Just because the dialogue made it so much worse. Anyway, moving on.
0: Um, but for 20, this is kind of what I'm, I'm taking that pin out of the thing that I, the reason I thought Kakihara was going to come back. Um, because it's this because the general plot of this episode i think was actually a callback to a larger arc in maji ranger involving kai and his crush slash eventual girlfriend yuka who in turn originally had a crush on maji red not knowing that maji red was kai until the movie where she just kind of figures it out um by realizing that they have- Like, he says something to her as Maji Red that he had also said to her as Kai, or it was like he did something as Maji Red that he had done as Kai, and she was like, Oh. I understand now. Um, they didn't start out in an antagonistic relationship like Juru and Kakihara. They were just kind of friends, and he had a crush on her. Um, but I think that that bit of her having that brief crush on Kirame Red for saving her while not knowing that it's someone she already knew from school was meant to be kind of a short form throwback to that plot thread in Maji Ranger. And then they kind of tip the scales for me on that with uh when Senna comes up at, with a cover story, she says that Kirame Red is a famous magician and does a little bit of the Maji Ranger Henshin pose. Um, and also, Kakihara's goofy lopsided drawing of Juru reminded me of Yuka's goofy lopsided doll of Kai in Maji Ranger. Because uh, she had made a little Maji Red plush, and then once she figures out that Kai is Maji Red, she makes a little plush of him too and has them together.
1: That's cute. Though it, it illustrates to me that it's been too long since I last saw Maji Ranger, and I should fix that because uh, I, I completely spaced on that whole bit. But you know, oh no, I have to rewatch one of the better Sentai of the modern era. Gosh, gee darn. Um, but yeah, also just again, hey, if you haven't watched Inkenger, do and Magiranger.
0: Yeah, no, they're both very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, when when we saw Kakihara, and I think I feel like there was something in episode zero where she like saw the the Kira Majors and was like oh neat
1: yes I do Um, do remember that
0: like I'm like oh this is this is very much Yuka from from Ranger. are we doing that um and then she didn't show up for 20 episodes and I kind of forgot about it
1: Uh, understandable
0: um but yeah this this episode I was like oh there it is I I found the the Shinkenger go on your screen
1: oh good alright yeah put that into the. Wow, that's... Whew, that's special. They're both very pointy. Aren't they? Yeah.
0: Like, there's just so much going on with both of them.
1: But, uh, before we... Before we we cut out, and I just sort of, like, stare at that for, like, another hour, because... Wow. It is impossible
0: Uh, to process everything going on in that image.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh... Did you see that next episode preview? Because, uh, Sono yeah, things are yeah, getting exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Witch of the Stagnant Sea, baby!
1: Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> like, honestly, I have never been so hype just at a design. Yeah, god, like, she's I know,
0: incredible.
1: I know nothing about her. I We haven't heard her voice. We haven't seen her do anything but, like, wave. But she's amazing. She is the witch of the stagnant sea, which I realized also makes her a sea witch. And hey, you know what's cool? Sea witches.
0: Heck yeah.
1: And Heck oh, if they're a sea business. witch of the stagnant sea, oh yeah. Sorry, that's super cool. Oh boy, every episode that she's on, I just—they're gonna have to work so hard to like first to make us not love her.
0: It's and, too late.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, they could do it, but no, nah, they're going to have to work. But also, like, I just feel bad for the Emperor. Because, um, there's no way the Emperor's design is going to be better. I mean, like, okay, there is feasibly a way it could happen, but, uh...
0: they got going to have to work for it.
1: Yeah, like, look, the design department's pretty good this year. Maybe they'll get there, but... <laughs> it's it's gonna take some work boy i really hope everyone just likes us talking about how great she is because uh we don't do a whole lot of new suit roundup there's gonna be we might just open next laser knees with a new suit roundup just about her
0: when we get to see her full design and are not seeing her from like the chest up yeah i'm so excited
1: yeah same same because again she's like she hasn't done anything she just shows up and has the best design but uh, well, before we just go on about that for another hour, um, suppose we unless we have any final thoughts, we can call this one out, we can call this one done.
0: Uh, yeah, just cute episodes. Yeah, a nice little also, break between a lot of big plot.
1: Mm. Nice to nice to not have a lot of Takamichi focus. Like I like him much better now, but also I'm just like let's, let's yeah, it's just time to me. talk
0: about someone else.
1: But, uh, so then, that brings us to a close, and for all of us at Lasernees Knees and the rest of the Toll Network, I'm Aleph,
0: and I'm Sona,
1: and shine on, you crazy diamonds.